Welcome to The School Run. I'm Jane. And I'm Liv. And we are going to share with you the best conversations we have on our school run. We will invite guests and debate topics that affect and resonate with every generation. We all remember our own school run. So maybe have a think about yours. What do you remember? episode of the school run we are really enjoying these chats we're in such a privileged position aren't we Liv to talk to such amazing guests (laughs) Um, we're recording this podcast with a fabulous fabulous friend of mine Um, her name is Susie Roundtree I'm going to introduce Susie as mum of girls wife daughter sister her role is as senior HR leader at a large national retailer She's highly motivated, very engaging, very passionate, and works on all aspects of strategic and operational people management. What a title. What are we going to learn today? Um, We're really lucky to be with Susie, and Liv and I are really looking forward to this conversation, aren't we? Super excited. I think first thing we all want to know is, what is your job? (laughs) What do you do? I need to find out, really, don't I? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, firstly, thank you so much for having me. This is really, really exciting. I've been listening to your podcast with pure (laughs) eager and curiosity, so thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for saying you'd come on. (laughs) I'm excited. Um, So what's my job? Well, let's just keep it really simple. Let's keep it really simple. An organisation's biggest and most important asset is its people. It cannot be successful without its products and its people. And basically, my job is to support the people, the managers, um, to drive the strategy, put the right people in the right jobs to drive the strategy of an organisation, whether that's selling, whether that's um, making things, whether that's buying, whatever it is. It's about people enjoying work, putting them in the right roles and creating a great culture where everyone's welcome in essence it's a big job because people are complicated Mm. aren't they Susie yeah you must deal with a lot of different personality types and styles and a lot (laughs) of different personality you know you are spot on live and and I think that's what I think that's the element that I enjoy the most with it You've got to, if you want to go into a profession of kind of human resources or as the new title is, it's it's actually, it keeps it simple as people. So actually our team um, at DFS where I work is the people team. So it's kept as simple as that. So you don't refer to it as HR? No. No, because no. I think that sort of... Um, is it an acronym? Is that what you call it when you're talking in code yeah. almost? Yeah. And I imagine a lot of young people listening to this podcast today... HR, they don't grow up in school and think, I'm going to go into HR, because we don't know what it is. No. And I think as well, people will instantly think of HR being... It's been through It's been through a real journey. So probably back in the 80s, it was what you would call personnel. So it was your, you know, your admin, it was doing your contracts, it was, you know, your tissues when someone was upset. It was, it was what they called personnel. And then it transitioned to something called human resources. 
and and there's many different you know people call it human remains or you know there's lots Ooh. of lots uh. of really strange because oh, it's dealing with people it's dealing with problems it's dealing with you know disciplinaries and grievances and it, it, you know so it, so many organizations have now transitioned to you know the people function because that is what it's all about it's yeah. way bigger than just you know you've got to have your it's about it's about the employee life cycle how how do we attract people to organisations? What makes our young generations and you know live when you're ready to start yeah. to venture into the new world of work? You know what's going to attract you to an organisation? Yeah. What are you looking for? Yeah. You know, and there's key things that mm. we have to be really aware of as you know professions professionals in people or HR of what's really important yeah. in the next generation got five generations working in the workplace at the moment that's incredible that's isn't it you know so you know if you get a baby boomer in you know the kind of late 50s managing someone fresh out of uni that's complex very different oh, values yeah. very different styles so there's lots to it's leadership development there's um you know kind of building skills for tomorrow yeah. there's then attracting people retaining yeah. them it's huge it's a massive topic and it's fascinating and just to give you some context Liv um, an earlier episode we spoke to someone called Rachel Haslam mm -hmm. and she works her main thing is people so she works with organizations to help develop the people and help the strategies to happen with HR directors and and leaders and that's where Liv knew about behavioral styles and personalities and how you know because we really feel like at school that this should be taught you should be taught who you are what are your strengths what are your weaknesses what are your blind sides yeah. and if we did that then we maybe would go on to choose a job or a career that was much more fitting for us rather than finding ourselves in a job or career that's not right for us oh it's it's it is so so true and and if i and if i think about me growing up if you said to me what do I want to do when I grow up? I still ask that question now. I absolutely adore what I do now, but I haven't found my end. I haven't found my absolute purpose. I'm still, I'm still looking for that. Right. Um, and this really, this is absolutely a profession where I believe I add huge amounts of value. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy, but I haven't, I haven't found my purpose. And I'm yet to find that. And I'm still on that journey. And I think if you think about what you don't learn at school, it's exactly what you've just explained. You don't learn about, you don't learn about, learn about teamwork. You're an individual yeah. contributor. It is my worst nightmare. If you said to me, Susie, could you spend a week um, in, you know, you know, in a dark room, writing a board report, there's going to be no collaboration, no one's going to be able to, to share their yeah. views, I just need you to sit down and do it, seriously, I'd rather be shot in the foot, I, I couldn't do yeah. it, I, I wouldn't have energy for it, I couldn't do it, will you think about school? That's what it is. It's kind of what it is. Oh yeah. And I, fa and, I, and I will be very admittant, I, I, was, I failed. I failed many of my GCSEs. I failed my A-levels. I had to repeat my A-levels. All my friends went off to uni. And my mum and dad, you know, sent me to a, a private tutorial college to just get my head down, to get what I needed, because I wanted to go to university and have yeah. some fun. 
but I didn't. I just, I just didn't yeah. enjoy it. And was that, you know, you said you failed a lot of your GCSEs and A-levels. Was that yeah. because of the environment, or do you think it, or did you just not, you just weren't good at, like, English and maths and all? I just, well, actually, the creative side, so, like, English, English and drama, um, I really enjoyed Everything else, nothing clicked for me. Yeah. I, did, I mean, maths, I hugely struggled. Got an e, I think I got an E the first time, then I repeated it again and got a D, and I knew I had to get a C um, in old language, yeah. whatever the numbers are now, yeah. Um, what would be the new numbers of a C? A C is a five? Is yeah. that a five, yeah. Yes, yeah. a five. So when I was doing my A-levels first time round, I was doing my maths GCSE for the third time. I just... I just really, really, really struggled. Unfortunately, those struggles play out later, in, uh, uh, continue to play out later in life for me, especially um, in the corporate world with kind of commercials and financials because I have a huge block because I struggled so badly um, with it. But I just, I never, I just didn't, I enjoyed school, I had great friends, I had a lovely time. But I didn't do yeah. very well at all. So you loved the people, you loved, so the environment was okay, but the actual engagement in the learning and what you were made to learn was just so alien. 100%. But we're, but we're channeling everybody through this tunnel. Yeah. Um, and it's such a shame because life has got so many opportunities and so many careers and job roles for people to go into, but they don't know about it because at yeah. school they then just feel like a failure. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And we have, um, uh, we, we, we follow something at work called Gallup Strengths, which is really interesting. And it's basically about your 34 different strength types. So that can be from anything like relator, which is someone that likes deep and meaningful relationships, mm -hmm. to positivity, to futuristic, to, to kind of strategist. And we can all do these things. But, you know, when those things come down a little bit... Um, further in your preferences it actually just takes a lot more energy so writing a board report like I've just said yeah I can do it it just takes a lot more energy and, yeah. and tires me out a lot quicker put me in front of a room whereby um you know I want to talk about a subject that I'm really passionate about or I want to um do some coaching or those types of examples yeah. They come up really high on my strengths, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very high energy, very positive. Lead with positivity, lead with this thing called woo, which is, you know, just mega high energy levels. And if I'd have learned that when I was younger, if I'd have really honed in on those strengths and learned that those strengths were as equally as important as all the stuff that I just wasn't getting at school. Yeah. Life would have felt so much different for me. It, it really would. Yeah, it's like, what school just doesn't teach you any people skills whatsoever? And I don't get it. No, because, like, literally, you walk out... Even in school, you're, like, surrounded by people. Yeah. Like, that is... Whatever, wherever you go to work, whatever... Even on the street, even if you're buying something in the supermarket, you have to interact with people. It's the number <laughs> one skill of life isn't it yeah it's the absolute number one skill of life you know communication influencing you know being kind being empathetic these are all skills yeah. that just aren't taught 
No, and you have to. You might be lucky enough to stumble across yeah. finding who you are yeah. through the the role that you're in or the company that you're with or 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 just your own natural curiosity. But but for some people, they might go through the whole of their lives never knowing those strengths. And I bet there's a lot of people out there. A lot of people yeah. out there. And, and and actually going down an avenue in life of maybe something that actually you're good at, but you don't enjoy. Yeah. That could be catastrophic. How, how that would, I mean, if my girls were to go down that avenue whereby whatever topics they're really good at at school, for instance, you know, Holly is an exceptional writer, really enjoys writing. Yeah. But actually, does she love it? I don't know. So if she went down, you know, being a journalist or something like that, but didn't love it, that's not that's no. not going to make you happy. No. And I, I mean, I just think, like uh, you were saying, um, how some people go through their life and they just don't know the strengths. I feel like that's because even at school, you're, like, all forced into this, mm. like, box. Like, yeah. I, I was reading this thing, I was scrolling on Instagram the other day, and my whole feed is, like, inspirational, like, quotes and stuff, which sounds really sad. No, but it's not. It's it not. No, that'd be my reality. this one thing um, that came up is, like, school... The, the school education system is based on some random, like, thing that someone came up with, like, 300 years ago, making good factory workers. Yeah. And that's why the school education system was built, to make good factory workers, for yeah. them to, like, do what they're told, you know, don't step out of line, follow the rules, don't speak out when you think something's wrong. And the fact that from that factory workers and that ages ago is still like going on today yeah that I don't it's mind-blowing it's crazy. I was talking to an educator a few weeks ago and she said you know after the world war two 1945 we're we talking I'm not great on history but there was huge huge um um what's the word opportunity, opportunity but there was um re- reform yeah it, you know, we got the birth of the NHS, we got the education system, we yeah. got, you know, the birth of us almost all being equal men and women, you know, that starting, these movements. She said, and after the pandemic, we had a huge opportunity as a country, as a world, to re-look at the way we do things and the way that systems operate. Yeah. But no, we've just tried to go back yeah. to what it was. And yeah. it's just and a, I, such a shame. Do you know why I think that is? I don't know, because, you know, what, I don't know everyone in the world, but I think... Like people, I mean, even like your brains, they don't like change, and That's it's like, true. and the people who do like maybe are running the systems, it's like, are they so afraid to change? Yeah. Or do they know how to change? Or they know how to change? Or yeah. are they too afraid how to change? Yeah. Because you know, they're, they're used to this way, and they kind of know it works. It's not great, yeah. but the amount of effort it's going to take to change it. Can yeah. they be bothered? Yeah. But it would be so worth it if yeah. they did. Exactly. And I think the and I think the whole topic of change is mega, mega interesting. It's mega interesting. Because I don't think as humans, you know, we kind of we push away from change, we reject change a yeah. little bit. Um and that comes in all different shapes and sizes and all different avenues of life. But I think that is a I think that's a really, really, really valuable point. I really yeah. do. And it's probably something you deal with on a day-to-day basis Mm. when people go from one level to another level, Mm. when they've got to step into leadership Mm. or management Mm. or 
just from a new organisation into yours, change plays a big part in that, doesn't it? I would imagine. It does. And something you see a lot, and organisations have to be really smart about it, you know, you can have, you know, you can have many a strong individual contributor. So take technology, for instance. So you can have an amazing web developer, someone that is absolutely brilliant at bashing out code. You know, I mean, the science behind that is just, uh, you know, kind of unbelievable. And all of a sudden you think this this person has got masses and mega amounts of potential. Right. OK, next step is we need to get them into a management role step up into a management role expecting the individual to succeed because they were really great at their craft and often don't give them the tools and don't give them um the kind of basics for managing people it doesn't it's not something that comes naturally to people it really isn't and then you know from your management to your leadership role again from operational management to leadership of you know leaders is my massive belief is there to serve others, you know, and to lead through others, you know, not for themselves, but to, you know, to serve others. How amazing would that be if you learnt those skills in school? How brilliant would it be if you could really learn to just understand the basics of managing others? Yeah. What that could lead you to. We spoke, I think, on our very, very first podcast, you talked about how it is just such a solitary role at school, you know, a desk, a Mm. pen your books, your exam paper, you the GCSEs is you on your own. It's not setting you up for anything that, and that life what is I about. Think, and at the end of the day, yeah. you think about all these exam paper, as a, in a school, you to them, you're just a number. Yeah. You're literally, on the front of your exam paper, you've got, a, you're literally a number. <laughs> you are like, actually. Yeah. You don't, and the, these people who mark the GCSEs and the A-levels, just click through, yep, yep, yep. They don't know anything about you. They're judging you based on something that you've written on one day what if that was an awful day for you like you're just a number so how people can be i don't i understand it's really upsetting to get a bad grade but like it doesn't need to define you no it doesn't it doesn't need to define you but i wonder how because it really did for me for a long time um let's go into that Susie so I I mean I just ask one question of course I really just want to ask this question (laughs) because it was really going in my head while you're talking about how you're in human resources yeah or the person team yeah so I want to know is a lot of people call this generation kind of like the snowflake generation yeah so how do you if you get someone that's maybe from this generation and people say you know people are offended by everything now how do you like deal with that in a workplace of if someone just gets offended by absolutely everything yeah so it's it's a really interesting one you've got to culture of an organization is for me is the most important thing and it's a little bit it's a bit like dating you've got to get the match right because if the culture isn't right for you as an individual it is never, ever, ever going to work for you. It, it really is very, very important. So where I work, um, we have a really quite amazing standout culture, um, a, a kind of inclusion culture, whereby our branding is everyone welcome. So we're very, very, very um, keen with everyone that comes in, that the person that we see don't always get it right, don't always get it right at all. 
but they, they have to culturally fit and vice versa we yeah. have to fit with them because it's a you know it's a two-way mm -hmm. thing i think the generation that you're this snowflake culture so what would that what age would that take up to oh, i wouldn't say definitely is it about 25 would you say yeah maybe up yeah. to there i don't know how long a generation is but yeah. definitely my age of people you're right yeah 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 so so if you think about it we're just testing this new generation yeah. because it's just coming it's just coming in yeah and you guys have been brought up in a in a world that we never ever ever experienced yeah the influences both online at school um you know it, everything's everything is so deep being parented different yeah. everything is so and it's really interesting because holly and chloe were in um uh, sports day last year and they got medals for taking part oh i'm sorry i can't do that and i was like <laughs> <laughs> i'm really oh we had it olivia's I'm year really was the sorry. first year at primary school where it was non-competitive sports day i can't i don't get it I don't get it, and I and it riles me <gasps> off the clock because oh. that is completely setting you up, Liv, my girls up for it's a recipe for disaster. It's a bloody hard world out there, <laughs> and it is a competitive hard world. Doesn't matter what generation you're in, it is hard. And it's teaching them that you could put in minimal effort, but I'll still get a medal. Hundred <laughs> percent failure, failure, and not winning to me, is way more powerful than winning and yeah. doing something great. Because it's about resilience and it's about dealing with that. And, and the resolve and bouncing back and the lessons yeah. learned. When everything goes amazing in your life, and I've totally and utterly reeled off, um, stayed off from where oh, you were going fine. with it. No, no. But it. But this is, but you know, but yeah, that it is worries me. Yeah. But schools are doing that. Yeah, oh, they are. It's embraced. And I think this, I mean, this generation, it's harder and it's easier than previous generations before. Yeah. I was in the car with my dad and we were talking about a previous episode that we've done on uh, resilience in sport. And he said, but look at this now, like resilience comes from the smallest things. Like he said to me, like cooking a meal for your dinner. Yeah. This generation now, they can click a delivery yeah. and it's here yeah. in 20 minutes and they don't have to do anything. Like that is so much easier, but then Where's the resilience of, oh, delivery's not working. I have to cook myself dinner. Yeah. I don't know how to do it. Even the tiniest things yeah. now that is like, oh, it's, it's massive if my technology's not working. It's, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, and actually, the impatience-ness of yeah. things. You know, I mean, Holly wanted this new iPad cover. She's doing a dance show tomorrow, and it's all day, and they have a lot of time out. She doesn't like her iPad cover. It's not an iPad, it's a cheaper thing. That sounded, she's Equivalent. Yeah. You get my drift, yeah. yeah. And she wanted it, because this thing that, that her dad put on this, I mean, it's just, it's feral. And she's like, I'm not, I'm not going into this, you know, all my friends are going to think I'm... Oh. And Mark's saying, this is absolutely ridiculous. I got where she was going yeah. with it. But she's like, can you just buy me some stickers to put on it? I was like, yeah, of course we'll. And she's like, well, you know, can you do it on Prime so it's here tomorrow? We, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't 
we didn't have any of this. Is this, you know, yeah. it's an, we it's didn't a have new generation. We've, we've spoken about it before. We didn't have a mobile phone. I no. rang my mum in a red red phone box totally. to reverse the charges. Absolutely. You sat at the bottom of the stairs, you know, where all your family could listen to your conversations, couldn't, didn't you, when you, yes, you know, when yeah. we were growing up? I used to get and molloped the, and for the, being on the phone And the phone long. was engaged all night. Yeah, totally. And your dad was shouting, or your mum or grandma, get off the phone and yeah. someone might be trying to get yeah. me. Yeah. But we all have our own now. Yeah, so accessible and everything's accessible and every, instantly. And I think now everyone, like, because everything's so fast now, yeah. everyone wants a quick fix, like with anything, like... They yeah. just want something quick yeah. Yeah. and easy. Yeah. And therefore, yeah. they never go on a journey with themselves. They never go on a journey with anything. They don't get the setback. Because yeah. everything's just right there in front of you. It's yeah. just at a tap of a phone or whatever. So I suppose so to come back to the question um, that we've you've not actually in the workplace it's not actually there yet not is it so we don't hugely. know the impact yet we don't know how things will yet. change but I absolutely think, i just sorry to interrupt but no, i just no. think like how in as we like as our generation grows up yeah how much are these companies gonna have to like start bending the rules for and then they come in and say like you could someone from my generation comes in and say oh no they've been they've said something horrible to me and then they, it, now it, they can post that on social media and the whole company gets a bad light of, mm. or that, I just don't know how, yeah. It's, yeah, and actually, I'm not sure that's a generational, it's, so organisations have to, have to continue to adapt the way that, they, so COVID in some ways was the best thing and worst thing that happened for organisations. So I joined DFS about about four weeks, actually, before COVID hit. Um, so, you know, new gig, you know, didn't have my relationships, hadn't kind of know mm. what I was doing, where yeah. I was going. And all of a sudden, you know, we're all working at home. And it was, it's really interesting because we've had, we, we've had um, some of our top, top leadership team wanting to get everyone back into the workplace at least three days a week. That doesn't work for people anymore. But there has to be a happy medium. People mm. need social interact interaction. Yeah. You need the canteen talks as you you know you're queuing for your food or grabbing yeah. your people sandwich. People need people. You need the, 100%. the you know it's one of your healthy five a day for your own mental health. It absolutely is, and that doesn't matter whether you're an introvert, whether you're extra. It doesn't matter. You abs scientifically you need that. Mm. And I think you know organizations just have to adapt your generation as you move through won't want a nine till five they absolutely will not want no. a nine till five yeah. they'll want part-time you know you'll want something part-time where you can grow a career in a safe corporate environment but then go and, and travel the some, world yeah. go travel the world or you know go be starting your own business on the yeah. side so we have to adapt we have to you know we, we, we've got to adjust and one yeah. thing that we did at DFS was um, in our sales uh, part of the estate you know you go into a DFS store and it was predominantly 95% white males in suits full-timers over the last five years we've progressively changed that and it's now 51% females part-time wow Wowzers. because that's reflective, first of all, of the customers that walk through our doors. Yeah. But also, we get an amazing, you know, you've got to have a diverse and a mix because mm. 
that's how you get the sales. Yeah. You know, people relate to people. Yeah. People buy from people. Absolutely. And women are the biggest decision makers when it comes to home furnishings. You yeah. know, a man may pay for it, but the woman yeah. is the decision maker. You're going to buy, you know. Mm. It's, so yeah. it's, it's, it's I, I veered off a bit again there, but do you yeah. see where I'm going? Oh, no, yeah, it? I get it. And I just think now, like you said, in your. Uh, where you were, you've got five generations of people. Like, this massive thing of even, like, university, university professors being, like, old from an older generation, maybe, getting all these younger generation in, yeah. and the total, like, contrast in cultures and morals and everything. Yeah. Like, it's it's hard to, like, come to a happy, like, a yeah. happy medium. In yeah, where it you is. The balance oh. and get the balance. Yeah. It is. So, I, I just... Hi everyone, we hope you're enjoying this episode so far. We're just cutting in to say, if you're enjoying our podcast, please click the follow button on whichever platform you're listening on. And please leave us a review. We'd be so grateful for your support and feedback. Podcasts are free to listen to, but if you are loving our school-run chats and debates, please consider buying us a virtual coffee. The link will be in the description of every podcast episode, and it will also be in the bio of our Instagram, which is at the school run underscore official. And why not give it a follow while you're there, so you can see all the updates and get sneak peeks at upcoming episodes. Thank you so much, and happy listening. Early thir- maybe around our 30th birthdays, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we always spend our 30ths, our 40ths, yeah, soon to be, probably 50ths yeah. together. Yeah. Um, and I just wondered what your early journey was. So if you take us back to school, because I know that you were an amazing gymnast mm. and that was a big part of life as a youngster. But I don't know very much about that. And actually, mm. people listening to the podcast, young young people, they're at school right now or about to be leaving school. And they've maybe got, you know, other interests that are impacting their education and maybe their life choices about what they want to go on to. So mm. take us back. Tell us about your, your journey to becoming a yeah. HR leader. So, yeah, so so you're right, I was a gymnast, um, I was a rhythmic gymnast, so that's like, you know, with the ribbons and the yeah. hoops and the balls, um, and I did that from, it was probably about four until 15, and I reached, um, I reached a, a good stage in gymnastics when I turned, ooh, I want to say it was about 10, I want to say it was about 10, I'm pretty sure I was still at primary school, and I got into the national team. Um, and I'd come, I think I'd come about seventh in the, um, British championships. So as part of that, you join, um, you join a, a team with girls from all across the country, really, really, really talented girls. So I used to spend a lot of time at a place called Lillishall, which is the national training centre, um, for kind of gymnasts and, and athletes and, and footballers actually. Oh, and I have such brilliant memories. It's like this amazing, beautiful, old, historic house, big manor house, bit um, bit Mallory Towers, actually. I used to read Mallory Towers when I was younger. And so did I. And that's what really, it, it, it was amazing. Beautiful grounds. And then just this massive gym. And God, did we train hard. We used to have a Bulgarian coach and a Russian coach. And they really, 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 really trained us hard. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. But from a young age, got into some really, um, probably quite dangerous habits. I was, um, I, you know, I had to really watch my weight from, from around 10, which isn't healthy. 
I was taking lots of laxatives. I was taking things called kelp tablets, which is, you know, uh, tablets that you take with kind of like a Diet Coke or something and it bloats your stomach so you think you've eaten. So lots of bad habits that I was picking up because you had to be very thin to be a rhythmic gymnast. You know, artistic, you, you know, you need to be strong, but you need to be up and down with rhythmic mm. gymnastics. Um, and then when I got to 15, I didn't make it to um, the kind of basically the list for Atlanta. I was on the list for Atlanta and I just didn't make it because my body shape had changed. Um, I'd kind of peaked. I kind of wasn't as good as the girls coming through the ranks. Wow. And my life had been gymnastics. You know, I mean, you the talk training, to... the travelling, your parents taking you here, there and everywhere, the competitions, the... 100%. The equipment, yeah. the... Everything. Yeah. And then, you know, if you talk to Karen, you know, um, uh, our, uh, mutual our mutual friend. friend, she will, you know, she's got a little boy at the moment who's incredibly talented at football um, and can is absolutely going places, but she saw and lived through my rigorous training and then... Gone. Nothing. Just gone. So when I was about 15, um, I carried on coaching. So I gave up. Because I wasn't, if I wasn't... Was that your, was that your choice? How, yeah. how was that? That you just went, I'm yeah. not, I'm not good enough? Is yeah. that what you came to the conclusion of? That's tough at yeah, that age, Yeah, it was rejection. It? Yeah, it was rejection. And yeah, I just wasn't good enough. Um, so yeah, so I gave up. I did a little bit of coaching, but just tickled around the edges with it. Because I didn't have any other hobbies. I didn't... You know, if I think now, I'd have loved to have like gone into dance or, you know, there's so much more now. But I had no other hobbies. You know, all my friends have been playing hockey and netball and team sport. Yeah. And I was just, you know, I was a gymnast. So from, so I kind of rebelled and I went into, you know, all of a sudden I could eat what I wanted. I didn't have to watch my weight. I didn't have to be weighed every day by my coaches and have my kneecaps measured. You know, I, I could just eat what I wanted. Yeah. So I put on a lot of weight. I remember really bloating the kind of between kind of 15 to probably about 17. And then, you know, going out with friends and finding alcohol and started, you know, cigarettes and smoking and that boys. I was doing all, you know, the normal stuff probably like, you know, kind of what 16 and 18 year olds do, although don't smoke live because it's feral. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Good advice there. Good advice, Absolutely. Susie. Absolutely. Um, but I think because of my gymnastics, that's why I struggled at school because I did miss in all, and I it probably tells a good story. I know that, but I did miss a lot of the foundational kind of stuff within class. So when it comes to, and I find it now with like report writing, you know, I'd, I'd miss how to structure, uh, you know, an essay or a piece of writing. So there was lots of things that my foundations weren't there. So I did my GCSEs did well in stuff that, you know, I was kind of naturally okay with, but, you know, go back to the mass GCSE thing. But then I get to my A-levels. Honestly, I shouldn't have done A-levels. I should have you. done a, a B-tech or a... But it was seen as lesser then, it wasn't, wasn't it? It was... Well, my parents weren't having it. No. It was a big thing, you know, A-levels, but not B-tech. But, but not B... Yeah. It, it, and which is really peculiar. Mm -hmm. Because I think of, like, you know, I'm massive on apprenticeships now. I wouldn't. I won't be encouraging my girls to go to university unless it's an absolute profession. I would love them to go down the apprenticeship route. But again, in our day, no, nah, it wasn't. It wasn't. 
It wasn't. It was frowned upon. It was frowned upon. It was massively frowned yeah. upon. But the route was GCSEs, A-levels, university, yeah. job. Yeah, it was, absolutely. Absolutely. So did my GCSEs, failed a few of those, kept repeating them. Again, resilience kicks in, doesn't it? Because I've already failed at something with my gymnastics. I've had my peak and, you know, from a young age. So, you know, I got through my uh, my maths um, and, and science, I think it was as well. Um, <laughs> and then did my A-levels, messed those up, went and did a, a kind of crash course at, at Harrogate Tutorial College. My mum's had spent a fortune just to kind of get me through. And then I went to Nottingham to do media studies because I, I decided I really wanted to be a TV presenter. Oh, wow. That didn't work out. <laughs> So I did, and I did really well at uni. Um, I got, I got actually near enough a first. At Amazing. Uni, which was, but it was very creative. It was filmmaking. Mm. It was, you know, it was um, radio. So it was, it was really good fun. And you'd loved the drama at school, so it was all pulling together, wasn't it? It, yeah. it was, it was yeah. merging to the right yeah. end goal. It was absolutely. Um, so finished uni, had a lovely time in in, in Nottingham, met some absolutely wonderful lifelong friends, um, and then decided that the TV route wasn't for me. Started to go to a couple of little kind of screenings and auditions and it was not my bag. It was dog eat dog. There was no, you know, people were yeah. in it for themselves. So all that stuff that I've spoken mm. about of where I get my energy from yeah. just wasn't working for me. It was individual. You, you know, you are you are in this and you are striving for you and you alone. Back and again, school. you didn't have anyone to give you that knowledge and no. guidance, did you? To say, that's what it's going to be like. That's how it's going to feel. And actually, Susie, you're this type. Yeah. Absolutely. And this isn't going to match. So again... Um, even at university stage, a real juxtaposition in terms of setting you up almost to fail. Yeah, at yeah. 100%. And I think, to the personality thing, I mean, we were doing this in biology the other day, but our teacher was saying, people don't like being told what they are, yeah. which is, I think, maybe why schools haven't implemented it into schools, because you're telling children what they are. And if a child doesn't like that, to say, I want to be a footballer, yeah. but then get told, but you're more like analytical data, all that. A child's not going to like being told that they can't do that no, because of the good, personality good point of view, actually. That's a really good point of view. But on point that of is, view. That is. That is. And I just... That is. Yeah, because just, you don't equally want to crush people's dreams. Neither, because but then, we believe no. that you can be whatever you want to be. But then you, yeah. but then you think, does the child go home and tell the parents... I've been told that I can't be a professional for I can't I've been told I can't do this and do that because that that's not who I am. And then, you know, and that's what makes me happy, not my analytical skills yeah. or my yeah. Mm. It is So it's how you balance the knowing your personality but then knowing what you love and well, yeah. I mean we've spoken on yeah. an earlier podcast about that you know the, the people that make up a team. So if you think about football or cricket or rugby or, or gymnastic you know it's not just the person delivering the game on the pitch it's not just that team there's lots of people that surround those people to make that team brilliant yeah. but it might be that the professional footballer thing is the love of football the passionate for football etc but maybe not got the skill set and physique or what whatever's needed for football but they would work in the analytical side of football or statistical data side so yeah. it is just I don't know. It would take a long time. I just think that we just need to understand ourselves better. And the younger yeah. you can understand yourself. Yeah. And I think parents have a 
big part to play in that as well. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's the role I think as parents is is trying to help navigate. You know, I've got yeah. two little girls, um, and they're very, very, very different. Chloe is one hundred and ten percent me. I, I completely get Chloe. I can feel her emotion. She's me. Just yeah. Holly is much, much, much more like her dad. So I understand because obviously I'm married to Mark. So do you know what I mean? That contrast. Yeah. But mm. I don't always, I don't always agree with Holly's view. Mm-hmm. She teaches me an incredible amount, an incredible amount. Um, I can't remember where I was going with that. About um, the influence of school and helping people to understand themselves and it being the role of the parents, actually. He's got, it. The parents. He's got it. Yes, you're a really active listener. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the role of the parent is to really, I, I, you know, they've got, I think we've got big parts to play mm-hmm. exactly like you've done with Liv. I mean, that is evident, you know, but we've got a really big part to play in helping them understand themselves, helping them make the right life choices, helping them make the mistakes. That's mm. so important. They've got to make the mistakes. And yeah. equally, it might not be a, it might not be a parent. It might just be a really influential adult within your life it's somebody that you have with you that shapes and guides you and that might not be a mum or dad it might be a grandparent it might be an auntie an uncle it doesn't matter who that person is Mm -hmm. and we've we're we're so so fortunate in um in our family um we've got a a, um, an extended family a kind of blended family let's call it that um with a a gorgeous gorgeous girl called Kirsty who came into our years probably just under 10 years ago and she is absolutely like phenomenal um and I know when you know kind of you know our wider friends listen to this they will absolutely know um who you know kind of what I'm talking about and the character of what Kirsty is and the controversy that Kirsty's been through in life is really not what anyone should ever have to go through but the the role that she plays with Holly and Chloe, I mean, really, they're sisters. You know, yeah, they're yeah. sisters of different ages, and that's how they class themselves, and that's how we class them mm. um, as a three, and they're a really, really, really powerful little trio. But what she teaches them, how she guides them, totally different upbringing to me, totally different upbringing to, you know, you know my closest uh, friends around. Mm. But the influence and the importance of her life you know with what she now teaches my girls is off the scale and they won't they probably I mean they 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 will know at the moment you know how important Kirsty is in their in in, you know in their lives but when they grow up it will click to them suddenly just how lucky they were Mm. you know and and are to have Kirsty in in their lives because she is an absolute She's just a super, superhuman. She mm. really is. She's yeah. got superpowers like that. And I think it's super important that young children have lots of different influences, like from lots of different people, because otherwise, if you have parents that are very, very similar, very similar views, sometimes you get pushed onto the child, and the child becomes very narrow-minded. Absolutely. Whereas if they have influences from loads of different people who've gone through loads of different things, yeah. they can get a full... Three sixty yeah. view of takes the world. Takes a village. That you know that 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 saying of it takes a village to bring up children. I I I live by it. I absolutely live by it. 
I really do. And, you know, I remember talking to you around the pool when we were in Mallorca yeah. in the summer. And you were saying about, you know, you know, your grandma and your, you know, they're all really big netballers, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. And they all live kind of within a really... On the same street. On the same yeah. street, you know. But, you know, if you think about, you know, the influences and, and, and what oh, yeah. you have around you, you've got, like, the most amazing mum who is, like, a powerhouse. Yeah. But then you've got all these other amazing yeah. women and, you know, and, and, and men around you, you know, and... Yeah. With very different views and very different ways of doing very things. Very different How personalities, lucky are you? yeah. Amazing. And it is, it's those positive influences that, that are so important. I mean, we did an earlier podcast with what we class as your older sister in, in yeah. many ways, in Becky. And, you know, that oh, yes, was, that was that, the yeah. daughter of um, my a past partner of mine. But we're still really close and it's yeah. a really positive, yeah. beautiful relationship. Um that they have it's just it's just so important it's so important it is so gymnastics was no longer yeah um media wasn't for you what happened yeah. next so then i thought oh god sod this my traveling <laughs> so i packed my bags and went off for a year um spent lots of time with jane and um, and alex um and did the whole traveler thing got my lip pierced you know all the things that you do when you <laughs> spent lots of money and you know kissed lots of boys um <laughs> And then I came back and I got a job at uh, a company called Wanadu, which was like an old, uh, just an admin job. I went in because I was like, seriously, I have no money and I'm going to start getting in the neck from Joan and Jeff, my parents here, and this is not going to, this isn't going to end well. So I started a company called Wanadu and um, as, as kind of an administrator in Leeds and I had a lovely time. It was really good. But I knew I didn't want to be an administrator. For one, I am highly, highly, highly disorganised. My attention to detail is horrific. There's not an analytical personality type in there for admin whoa, work, Whoa, 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 no. No, 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 no. <laughs> it just did not work at all. I was making mistakes left, right and centre. Um, I was, but, you know, it was brilliant and it was a great social life. I'm a girl that chases the funds. We used to have for drinks after work. And my husband, who's now my husband, um, I met him there. So he had a team in London and a team in Leeds, and he used to come up, um, he used to come up, uh, you know, to the Leeds office. And whilst I was there, I met um, a, a lady called um, Emma Douglas Smith, and she was a people partner, so a HR partner. And I really, really, really liked her. She was older than me, um, probably about 15, 16 years older. I thought, I'm really curious about what she does. So this was the whole, you know, thing of, you know, HR yeah. and people. Now, had I done something like business at uni, I probably would have known what the role of HR was. So I decided to then apply for a job as a HR people administrator at a company called Farnell, which was a big global electronic distribution company. And I started there then in about 2005. And I just worked my way up. I worked my way up from, yeah, HR administrator to um, a senior HR global business partner. And Absolutely do you know fantastic. why? Because I just put my hand up to what everyone else was saying no to. I never said no to any opportunity. I left Mark for two years. I went to go work down in London, got a little flat rented from me by the organisation. I went to, you know, took a step out of HR and went to go support our CEO, a lady called Harriet Green, as mm -hmm. her um, kind of business assistant. Um, she went then on to be um, a CEO for Thomas Cook. And I then moved back to Leeds. I then took on a different role. 
and I just every two years I kept saying, I'll do that, I'll do that. No, let me have a go at that. I'll do that. And it just... And we had this conversation in the car where I said to you, you need to say yes to opportunities. Absolutely. And stay curious. Yep. Be curious. Liv's always been a very curious child with a curious mind. But, you know, just say yes to those opportunities. When you hear someone say something in a boardroom or in a on the corridor at school what if you don't know what it is ask yeah find out because you never know yeah. what door's yeah. going to open to you it's true and when i was writing i was doing like a little bit of prep because i was a little bit nervous about <laughs> and i was doing a little bit of prep. she's very prepped i have to say it's not on video but very prepped Am I? So yeah, oh, you good. Are. good 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 yeah you tell my boss that cause she's always like you're really no, never prepped I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> but one of the things that i put was so when when you know, that, that, that kind of question of what would you tell your younger self, one of the things that I put was like, be sporadic, take chances, and any opportunities that come your way, grab them. Great if they work out, but great if they don't, because you'll learn your lessons from yeah. them if they don't. Mm. And I've just always, always led my life in that way, specifically within work, always. Yeah, I just think, you know, I feel like a lot of people here, they think it's like, cliche of people saying take every opportunity and you hear it everywhere and it's like it's you like people listen but they're not actually hearing hearing it they just oh everyone says take the opportunity well the reason people say it is because it works like it the reason you know people say it all the time and it's like on inspirational quotes and all your teachers are saying take every opportunity it's because it works yes like it's a tried and tested thing that works and they'll Make you succeed. And the journey of life. It sure is. So who's had an impact on your journey, if we think about a teacher or a mentor, then? Mm. What, who who comes into your mind when, you, when, when I ask you that question? Yeah, do you know, it's... it's a, this is a really, really difficult one for me to pick out, kind of one or two. If I look around... If I look around me and I look in my past as well, I have always, always surrounded myself with really kind of, you know, empowering, strong, deep-seated values, um, individuals, whether that whether that uh, kind of male or female. And whether that be work or personal, I guess, as well. Oh, in all walks of life, mm. in all walks of life. And I, I kind of... In some ways, sometimes, you know, these people just, uh, you know, kind of drop at your doorstep because of the different situations that you put yourself in. But I've, I've also found myself in situations where, I've, where I've, I've kind of sought for that person. I've kind of, I've, I've been seeking them Plenty out. Hunted 100%. Headhunter. She's a headhunter. And a headhunter. <laughs> I think... I get that. You, I, I get it because I heard years and years and years ago at the beginning of my business journey... Um, that you need to learn from those that are ahead of you, you do. on the journey. You do. And I remember thinking, okay then, so who's that for me? Where do I want to get to with the business, with Little Voices? Who would have been there and tread those boards before? And and, and I actively sought them out yeah. in the most unusual way. So I had the most amazing conversation in London with the founder of a huge performing arts global company and she had coffee with me for several hours and it was a beautiful moment. Um, I found someone else on Twitter who was chairman of, ex-chairman of the BFA, British Franchise Association, and and he came into my world and he's now one of my mentors and, you know, and different people, there's numerous, I could, you've got numerous, I've got numerous, 
but those people were always really giving yeah. and one of the things they said is when 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 we give all I'd like you to do Jane is pay it forward too and do the same yeah and I think and I've mentioned it a few times yeah. on the podcast but I, I try to do that yes yeah and I think so I understand that you can't pinpoint one yeah you know, or, yeah. or two or three. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if there's anyone you want to specifically mention, obviously go ahead. But, you know, in terms of, I, I understand the impact of what you're saying. Yeah. And I think on top of take the opportunity, well, sometimes you have to chase it because it won't just come. You do. It won't just come to you on your door. It won't just come to you. Sometimes you do have to go and yeah. chase for it. Yeah. What does Rachel Haslam say? If something scares you, run at it. Yeah. And it's true, isn't it? Mm hmm. It, it is absolutely true, and actually, that's that, that's um, and I will come back to your question because I have thought about what you've just said then, but that's something um, that one of my old bosses taught me, really amazingly. Only a couple of years older than me, she's now a chief people officer at Ocado. She's incredibly well for herself, and she always said to me, when it, when you were finding it really difficult, you know, never ever run away from anything, ever make it better. And then, and then leave, or you know, resolve it, and then leave. Don't ever run away because that will really lead to, to kind of you know that will lead to unhappiness and unfulfilment. Mm-hmm. So so going. So I think I would actually, if I really think about it, I think I'd probably say, apart from apart from my amazing amazing friends, um, especially you know our group, Jane. You know, I I find myself very very lucky to you know, have, you know, those gorgeous girls around me. Um, I would probably say my mum and Kirsty. So they are both wonderful, wonderful mentors to me, but in really different ways. And the relationship they've built between them both as well is really quite powerful. And my mum was, um, she, she, she was actually you know, she had a really strong career. She was a bank manager. So back kind of in the 80s, my dad lived down in London. Um, we that was big for, for a lady massive. to be a bank manager, wasn't it? I massive. mean, it was very male-dominated. I very, the banking very industry and probably still is. Absolutely. And she, you know, she worked in, she worked in the bank um, part-time. And then when uh, me and my brother got to about 13, 14, she was like, no, 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 I'm going to progress my career, which none of my other friends mums it wasn't really a thing um and she did amazing and my and I always I always a standout for me is that my dad is was so proud of my mum he championed her to have you know to be a mum and to you know and to uh, you know and to have a a really successful career and she did she really 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 did Mm. so I think from a young age I could see you could do both you yes. could do both and actually it's really important role modeling as well that you can yeah. be a successful specific and I will talk specifically it could be out about women to be a successful career woman and raise a family and 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 you can do it all mm. if you really want to yeah um so you know so if I think about my mum she's amazing but it's interesting now and it'd be interesting if you asked my mum the question because I think she'd say the roles are very equal now. I'm as much as a mentor and an advice giver and a coach to her as she is to me. Yeah, how it, beautiful. It's very, very balanced. And then you add the Kirsty dynamic into it and the different dimension, the different advice and the different perspectives and the different world that 
she teaches me and my mum to very different generations mm. is really powerful and it's very, very, very special. Really special. It, it almost makes me fill up. Yeah. Well, it does make me fill up. It's, yeah. it's, it, I can see how powerful it is yeah. for you and for all the women around you. Oh, all, all of us around us, we all, you know, we're, yeah, absolutely. We're, very, we're all so very fortunate. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Well, we always, my mum listens to this every Monday morning, Susie, at 6am. <laughs> <laughs> she always says, don't forget the question, Jane. Don't forget the question. Um, so we now, we, we always finish our podcast on a memory from your school run or what your school run was like. Oh, my school run. Or a school run you do with your girls. The point of the school run podcast yeah. is that we, we can all relate to it in yeah. some way, shape or form. Yeah, yeah. So I'll probably talk about the school run now, actually. Okay. Um, so the girls, so live in the village. So it's, you know, it's kind of like a, a 10 minute walk or a, a two minute car journey. And Mondays and Fridays are an absolute for me, really important, unless extreme circumstances, I drop the girls at school. It's dead important to me. And we walk. So I never have anything in my diary until 9.30 on a Monday and a Friday. And I work from home wherever possible on those two days. And I just love it. We walk across the field. Normally bump into some other mums and, and um, uh, you know, and some of, you know, the, the, you know, the girls' friends. And... It's lovely. It's so nice because I get to see the girls with their friends just having, just being six and nine and running across the fields and just talking, you know, gorgeous, you know, kind of stuff that's important to them. And then I have lovely little chats with these different mums that normally my paths wouldn't cross with. And I love it. And I wouldn't give it up for any pay rise or any kind of you need to be in the office on a Monday and Friday. It's really, really, really important to me. And I guess some of the children are going to school on scooters or bikes yeah. or they're walking or there's some friends going past in the car and you're waving yeah. and it's yeah. a very, very special it's lovely. moment. It's lovely. And the girls really, really look forward to those Mondays and oh. those Fridays. They really enjoy that time. And I do. And then I get some steps in and it's lovely. <laughs> and then I've got a nice kind of clear head for when I sit down and, you know, and you I start all my people stuff. <laughs> Thank you so much. I oh, think this has been an amazing, amazing chat. It I've loved has. every minute of it. I've because when do you actually just sit and just reflect and consider and... Actually, it's just been an abs—it's an absolute privilege for us to have these conversations. So yeah. thank you for well, being with us. It's a privilege for me to be asked. So thanks so much, girls. You're very inspiring, and I love you both oh, dearly. Thank oh, you. thank you. You too. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the School Run. If this is your first time that you've listened to us, please feel free to go back and listen to some other episodes on our channel. Why are we doing this? Well, we really feel that you don't have to have it all figured out at school. The world is your oyster. There is only you in your way. So by sharing people's stories, the roles that they do, we really hope to inspire young people, empower them to fly. It's a privilege to have these conversations. They're incredibly inspiration to both Liv and myself. We really need your help though. Thank you for your support so far, but if you could hit the follow button, on the channel that you're listening to our podcast on. Maybe leave us a review, give us a bit of a star rating. We would be really, really appreciative. Lots of people have already bought us a virtual coffee. You can go to www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash the school run. 
That's buymeacoffee.com forward slash the school run. And obviously we've got an Instagram, as Liv's already told you, at the school run underscore official. All the things that you can do to help support us would be very, very much appreciated. Please chat with a friend, share this link, and hopefully we can spread the word of the school run to lots more families and young people. Thank you so much for your support.